0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 127 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I am recapping Thursday night football from week four, the week four recap in general, giving out my ballers and stallers for week four, and dropping some early waivers We moved our waiver segment to Tuesdays. We should have been doing that from the beginning. I apologize. Um, It just dawned on me that it does you no good and does us no good to have waivers advice after the fact. So, waivers at the end of this episode. Make sure you stay tuned for the entire thing. And we've got a lot to cover. So, let's get into it. Week 4 is in the books. Another interesting week of fantasy football. We had a few big key injuries, uh, primarily on defense, but a few on offense as well. We had a couple uh, record setters with some legends on their way to Canton, Ohio, and the Hall of Fame eventually. So we are going to get into the Thursday night recap and then Week 4 recap as a whole. I'll jump into my ballers and stallers, and I'm going to add the waiver wire section to the podcast on this episode. Lucas and I have been doing it on the Wednesday episodes, but um, obviously it does no good for you or us to get that information after the fact. Um, so I've bumped it up. I'm going to give you a handful of names that I think are uh, kind of premier waiver wire ads, and I'm going to leave the rest of that research for you to go check out Lucas's waiver wire article that he uh, puts up with the start sit article on uh, our website tckpod.com so you can check the rest of those waiver options out there but without any further ado we get into Thursday night recap we'll dial it all the way back <clears throat> the Packers fall short to the Eagles 34-27 Eagles get the win get to 2-2 two and two. the Packers get their first loss on the season they are now 3-1 and one. the Eagles are 5-0 oh on Thursday night primetime games under Doug Peterson we we'll start with the Eagles. Um, not a crazy game for Carson Wentz, just 160 yards, but he does have a couple of touchdowns without Deshaun Jackson. Alshon Jeffrey uh, wasn't incredible in this game, but he got it done. And uh, Zach Ertz as well in the passing game. But what was uh, interesting to note here is um, Jordan Howard uh, had a few touchdowns and through the air, mind you. So his snap share is going up each week. Um, his uh, carries are going up each week. So Jordan Howard, you know, spoiler alert, will be on the waiver wire. He He's probably owned in most leagues, but in shallower leagues or PPR leagues, he may be on uh, the waiver there. So keep an eye on Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders also had a good game. He had a nice run back in special teams as well. So Eagles had a nice game there. And on the Packers side, started out hot for the fourth game in a row, marched right down the field, a huge completion to Devontae Adams, one of many in this game. Uh, He had 10 for 180, which I'll get to in my ballers and stallers. But, uh, of course, he comes up, comes up gimpy at the very end. He missed the final two drives, which turned out to be turf toe. Um, Turf toe has all sorts of severities uh, that it could possibly have. I remember back in the day, Deion Sanders seemed to have turf toe for about five years of his career at the end there. And it hobbled him. He played through a lot of it, but it hobbled him as well. Um, and he just wasn't the same late in his career. Uh, Devontae Adams, we'll see. Um, he's still young. It's his first kind of major injury. So we'll see how he bounces back. I don't think he's going to play this week, although of this podcast, he's not ruled out yet. But I don't think he's going to play in week five. Um, I could see him available week six, though. So I'll get into the rest of the options in the uh, start-sit portion and the waivers as well uh, when we get into that. But um, Unfortunately, Devontae Adams is hobbled just a little bit, so make your adjustments there. And even if he does play, he's hurt, so I would expect to uh, find another option for Devontae Adams. Marcus Valdez-Scaling has a decent game, uh, potentially had a game-winning touchdown at the very end that was intercepted, um, similar to the Patriots and Seahawks Super Bowl a few years ago on the goal line there, so that ended the game. Um, Aaron Jones fell into the end zone again, but not a lot of work for him. Unfortunately, Jamal Williams was stretchered off the field, which looked to be a very serious injury. He uh, reported after the game that he was, quote, Gucci, end quote, which um, the kids these days uh, refer to when they're just fine. So I'm sure that he'll be okay moving forward, but I wouldn't expect him to get too much work in the near future. So should be business as usual for Aaron Jones, but uh, Jamal Williams came up hobbling. Jimmy Graham, a big game. Geronimo Allison should be more of a factor in week five without uh, Devonta Adams. So That is the Thursday recap. The Eagles 34, Packers 27. Let's move on to the Sunday games. Uh, The Redskins get embarrassed once again. Uh, John Gruden should be fired here any minute. Um, 24-3, they fall short to the New York football Giants. The Giants are 2-2. Redskins have not won a game yet. Uh, Danny Jones is the first quarterback, Giants quarterback, to win. First two career starts since 1997. (laughs) So uh, big game for um, Wayne Gallman, who stepped in for Saquon Barkley. Uh, he had a few touchdowns there. Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram remain uh, the main targets. Daniel Jones. Nice game. He did have a couple picks after a hot start and on the Redskins, um, Terry McLaurin was out for this game, and the rest of their offense absolutely sputtered. Uh, they only had a field goal in this game, nothing in the run game, nothing in the pass game. Case Keenan was eventually benched uh pretty quickly in the game after throwing a pick right away, and Dwayne Haskins came in to make his NFL debut. But unfortunately, he was thrown in uh, somewhat unprepared into the Wolves, and he threw a couple – uh, his first NFL touchdown, quote-unquote, um, was a pick to the Giants. So uh, hopefully, you know, they go back to Case Keenum or Colt McCoy this week as they play the Patriots, the number one defense in the NFL. If Dwayne Haskins plays in that game, he's going to be absolutely obliterated. I hope they don't do that for the kids' confidence, but we'll see what happens. But the Giants get the win 24-3 to in the divisional game. Moving on to the Chargers and Dolphins. Chargers get the win 30 to 10. Chargers 2 and 2. Dolphins 0 and 4. Miami has the worst point differential through four games since at least 1940. <laughs> so they're getting their ass kicked every single week. This was the closest game they've had. And this was actually tied 10 to 10 for quite a while in this game. And then eventually the Chargers pulled through. Um, you know, big game for, well, not a huge game per se, but Austin Eckler uh, got it done once again. Um, probably the last big game for him for quite a while, is Melvin Gordon did suit up in this game, but he did not play. He was listed as active, but he did not see a snap. He was probably there just in case of emergency for injury, but he should be playing in week five. And Uh, Pope, who is a backup running back uh, with Justin Jackson out, had two touchdowns himself. So the running backs, of course, doing their thing in uh, L.A. Keenan Allen um, had somewhat of a dud game this week comparative to what he's been doing. Uh, Mike Williams did not play in this game. Of course, Hunter Henry is out and Phillip Rivers, a decent game. Um, It's so crazy watching Phillip Rivers play. He's slow. Uh, but he has great pocket presence and enough agility in the pocket to where he can keep scrambling and make plays happen with his little sidearm underhand flick plays. So pretty impressive there. But Chargers get it done 30-10. to 10. Um, Not much to speak about on the Dolphins' side other than um, just watching some film back. Uh, Josh Rosen who I'm not a fan of and I don't think is very good in general. But to his credit, he is not getting any help at all. The Dolphins are absolutely pitiful, dropping balls all over the place. He he has thrown some really pretty deep balls in stride, and it's literally bounced off the hands of the receiver four or five times that I've seen that could be at least 50-yard completion, some of them probably 50-plus-yard touchdowns, and uh, they're dropping every one of those. So to Josh Rosen's credit, he is – playing well as well as he could and getting no help at all from the receivers there. And um, something to mention, uh, Melvin Ingram, the defensive end for the Chargers, uh, is set to miss some time with an injury there. So they're already susceptible to the pass. They could be susceptible to the run as well. So the Chargers potentially um, a defense to target moving forward. Let's move on to Indianapolis and the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders get the win here, 31-24. Both teams are 2-2. Two and two. Josh Jacobs, 304 rush yards through first four games. That's an Oakland Raiders team record. Raiders played well in this game. I was actually uh, in California visiting my family this weekend, and um, it's, you know, just the local game that we had on. So I actually watched all of this game, um, Raiders and Colts and – Watch the Raiders pretty closely, actually. Uh, Derek Carr still doesn't look amazing, but he got it done. Josh Jacobs, good enough. Uh, Darren Waller really is uh, who popped off the screen. Incredible. He kind of reminds me of like Tony Gonzalez back in the day, Um, more of that like tall, uh, big, you know, early Jimmy Graham kind of tight end, super athletic, uh, check down, over the middle, out routes, first downs, touchdowns. So um, he is definitely uh, a great, great pickup. This year's kind of Eric Ebron off the waiver wire, and uh, Tyrell Williams had a nice game as well. And for the Colts, uh, Marlon Mack was something to note here. So Marlon Mack played uh, just about 30 yards on the ground, but he was out a lot of the second half, um, and it came out that he wasn't battling any injuries or anything. It was just that Frank Reich kept him out so that Naheem Hines could be the kind of passing down back Um And that's confusing uh, when the game was still pretty close for quite a while. Um, But Marlon Mack did lose a lot of touches to uh, Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins in this game. So that was kind of confusing. But something to keep an eye on there. But apparently he's not injured, which is good news. Jack Doyle uh, dropped a touchdown. Saw him get a bunch of carries. Eric Ebron dropped about four passes. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, Jacoby Brissett looks good, and uh, he's a nice streamer moving forward. I think he's doing all right, especially when T.Y. Hilton comes back. T.Y. did not play in this game. Um, but when he comes back, I think Jacoby Brissett's a nice uh, streamer weekly, depending on the matchup, of course. Um, but the Colts did look okay, but without uh, without that um, T.Y. Hilton, you know, taking the top off ability and them falling behind 14-0 right away to the Raiders, uh, they fall short here 31-24. We'll move on to Houston where the Texans fall short to the Carolina Panthers, both teams 2-2, two and two, Panthers 16, Texans 10. Panthers are have three wins in their last 12 games. Games, all Kyle Allen starts, so that means that Cam Newton is zero and nine in the last uh, Panthers starts, and um, Kyle Allen is three and zero. So. This is going to be interesting when Cam Newton gets quote-unquote healthy. Again, I mentioned multiple times that I didn't believe in Cam Newton's health this year. I was really worried about it. Soon enough, he gets hurt. His shoulders bunk. His foot's bunk. He's got a problem. I'm sure they're going to force him back because they think that he is actually Superman. He's not. Um, And uh, I think he's going to be a negative for the team. I really, really do. I don't want to play him in fantasy. Um, I want him to prove it. And until he comes out and throws for over 300 yards or three or four touchdowns, I just don't want to do it. He's not going to be running and therefore uh, not a viable fantasy asset. So I like Kyle Allen. Um, Didn't have a huge game in this one. I mean, he played the Cardinals first and they're kind of donating, uh, you know, fantasy points, to everybody on the field and the Texans are a much better defense, but still Kyle Allen, I think is, is better than Cam Newton right now. Um, Christian McCaffrey is absolutely insane. He made one of the best uh, catches I've seen this year and certainly of a running back, uh, just a kind of a dive, um, a dive (laughs) out of the backfield and um, he's incredible. Uh, One of the best, best players in the NFL all around there. So, um, not much going on for the receivers here. Uh, Sly, the kicker keeps fantasy hopes alive, uh, with a handful of kicks and for the Texans, no run game. Deshaun Watson continues to get sacked, holds onto the ball too long, uh, um DeAndre Hopkins not much in this game either he'll be another staller three weeks in a row Will Fuller um and Deshaun Watson missed on what could have been maybe a 70-yard touchdown uh Kenny Stills got hurt in this game so the Texans unfortunately are kind of falling apart here I I had high hopes for them coming into the season but they are not looking good right now so the Panthers 16 Texans 10. Let's move on to one of the most uh, exciting games of the week actually the Lions and Chiefs this game is in Detroit the Chiefs get the win 34-30, to 30, but the Lions had them on the ropes all the way to the end with about 20 seconds left. Lions 2-1-1, one, and one, and the Chiefs move to 4-0. Oh. The Chiefs have 11 straight wins in the month of September, so they have been starting very hot the last couple of years. Uh, this was a great game. I watched a bunch of this um, through you know, NFL Red Zone, and, and they kept kind of going back and forth. And um, The Lions had the Chiefs on the ropes the entire game. They jumped out to a nice start. Matt Stafford looks amazing uh this year actually he is uh my top waiver option at the quarterback position i'll get to that in a little bit and uh, assuming Jameis winston isn't available anymore um matt stafford is fantastic kenny holiday another big game marvin jones uh tj hawkinson did have a touchdown early and then he had kind of one of those Hurtling situations that every tight end uh, tries to do in the league, but he came down on his neck, really kind of gnarly. Um, he got a concussion. I don't expect him to play in Week Five. Um, or actually, they have a buy in Week Five. Excuse me. The Dolphins and Lions have buys in Week Five, uh, but that'll hopefully give him rest to come back in Week Six. Um, but the Lions played really well. Great defense in this game. Carry on Johnson, a nice big game. He's had um, plus twenty carries or twenty touches, I should say, uh, in. Um, the last couple games since CJ Anderson left. So that's good news for carry on Johnson owners and for the chiefs business as usual. They started real slow here. This is Pat Mahomes first dome game in the NFL first game in a dome in the NFL for Pat Mahomes. Um, but he gets it done late. Uh, Sammy Watkins had a, had a touchdown stripped in the end zone. He literally caught it in the end zone, took a step and it was stripped away. Great play there. Um, and, uh, Daryl Henderson or excuse me, Daryl Henderson, uh, Daryl Williams eventually had the game winning touchdown for the uh, chiefs and um, you know, business as usual for them. They get the win, but this one was kind of kind of sketch here. So Harrison Butker, kind of the real MVP, getting a handful of field goals through this game to keep him into it. But the Chiefs, or the Lions, I think, are kind of a sleeper team in general. Um, just two wins on the year, but they have played very, very good games and good teams so far. So the Lions could be uh, making some noise, especially with uh, some injuries to the Bears and Devontae Adams being out and the Vikings slumping a little bit. The Lions could steal a couple wins in the division here coming up. So even without Darius Slay, um or with Darius Slay I should say the uh, Chiefs capitalize and get the win 34-30 in Detroit moving on to the Patriots and the Bills another exciting game the Bills should have won this game uh, they fall those 16-10 Patriots 4-0 Bills 3-1 Tom Brady 16-2 in career as a starter uh, versus the Bills in Buffalo um Patriots were really soft in this game. Their defense is just absolutely incredible. Tom Brady, not much in this, uh, not much in this game at all. James White had a decent game. Sony Michelle, nothing. But the Bills defense is fantastic. Uh, on the Bills side, Josh Allen was taken out with um, an injury and a concussion. He will probably uh, be out in Week Five as well. Keep an eye on that. Um, Matt Barkley came in and he's terrible. So, unfortunately for the Bills, they drop to uh, three and one in a big divisional game that they should have won. They were leading this game for quite a bit um, and had a tie until the Patriots uh, were able to take the lead late. So, the Patriots get the win 16 to 10. Let's move on to the Ravens and the Browns, where the Browns make a serious statement on the road in Baltimore. They beat the Ravens 40 to 25, both teams two and two. The Browns have won their first two road games of the season for the first time since 1994. Browns look good in this game. Baker Mayfield, huge game from him. Jarvis Landry, over 170 yards. Odell Beckham, nothing. I'll get to him and our ballers and stallers, but nothing from OBJ. But a huge game from him. Ricky Seals-Jones uh formerly of the cardinals had a great game in this one uh and nick chubb three touchdowns he had an 88 yard scamper at the very end to run out the clock that padded the stats but he was already uh, having a huge game there so nick chubb massive game three touchdowns on the ground and for the ravens uh pretty stymied all around uh lamar jackson got his fantasy points because he had some nice runs um he had enough a nice you know a couple passes mark andrews got a touchdown but uh, the Browns' defense really showed up here. So overall, Browns get the big win, forty to twenty-five in Baltimore. We move on to the Falcons and the Titans. The Titans get a win here, twenty-four to ten. The Falcons fall to one and three. Titans two and two. Rookie AJ Brown is the first tight ends receiver, or excuse me, first Titans receiver with two plus receiving touchdowns in the game since two thousand sixteen. I will talk about him in the waiver section, uh, but I'm not super excited about him just because I'm so worried about the Titans overall. But big game out of Marcus Mariota, big game out of Corey Davis, big game out of A.J. Brown. And uh, my start of the week at the running back position, Derrick Henry, didn't get the touchdowns, but he did get uh, over 100 yards. So I'd like to see that. And for the Falcons, Julio Jones got it done. Uh, Matt Ryan, garbage time and getting his stats, but, man, they look bad. Their defense is absolutely horrible. Uh, Keanu Neal being out for the season is just leaving the floodgates open in the secondary for Atlanta. So I think we're going to see a lot of shootouts once again, as we did last year, so target the Atlanta defense um, this year again. So the Titans get a big win on the road here, 24-10, and the Falcons quickly falling out of contention, falling to 1-3. and Let's move on to the afternoon games. We had the Buccaneers and the Rams. This game was insane. The Buccaneers score 55 points and the Rams 40 points, a total of 95. For those of you at home doing math, the Buccaneers improved to 2-2 two and, two and the Rams fall to 3-1. First loss on the season. The Buccaneers have a franchise record 55 points in this game. We'll talk about all sorts of ballers in this game later on. Jameis Winston bounces back in a big way. Mike Evans still gets his long touchdown, but Chris Godwin comes back. He was questionable. A game-time decision did end up playing. Huge game for Chris Godwin. Two early touchdowns. Should have had more later on. Um, Cameron Bray gets a touchdown. O.J. Howard remains irrelevant, unfortunately, for the Buccaneers, but a game, big game for them on offense and on defense. The Rams did score 40 points, but this game going back and forth. The Bucks had a great game on defense uh, and had a uh, a sack fumble and Dominican Sue against his own team picks up a uh, scoop and score fumble to really kind of put the icing on the cake for the Bucks. For the Rams, <clears throat> Jared Goff attempted 68 passes, which is the third most in NFL history and uh <laughs> Robert Woods had a nice back, bounce back game. Cooper Cup did his thing. Uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, was fine. Um, Todd Gurley, minimal carries, just five carries in this game, and Gerald Everett was really kind of the um, unsung hero in this game for the Rams. They did get the loss, but that was a big game from him. That might have been just a game script because they were really focusing on the receivers. But nonetheless, Gerald Everett is a tight end and scoring touchdowns and getting the work, so keep an eye on him. But there's a huge game, a shootout, but the Bucs come out on top on the road, 55-40 over the Rams. Let's go into Arizona where the Seahawks beat up on the Cardinals. My man, Larry Legend, becomes the second most – He has the second most receptions in NFL history, passing Tony Gonzalez and just behind Jerry Rice. So Larry Legend, of course, on his way to Canton, Ohio uh, for the Hall of Fame. But in this game, he was able to uh, become the second most receptions uh, leader in the NFL history. So congratulations to Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, But the Cardinals do fall short to the Seahawks. Big game here from Chris Carson, bounced back in a major way, held onto the football and had uh, over 100 yards rushing, a bunch of receptions, nice game from him. Tyler Lockett and DJ uh, DK Metcalf uh, held in check here in this game, but massive running game for uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Big game for Russell Wilson as well. Will Disley uh, gets his um, touchdown. And for the Cardinals, uh, big game out of the backfield for um, David Johnson, who had nine for uh, – 99 I I've seen 199 uh, on two different reports but nonetheless David Johnson huge game out of the backfield there for the Cardinals he seems to be most of the offense there with the checkdowns so Kyler Murray um getting sacked the most in the NFL so that offensive line is terrible but when he does have time he's got a rocket he's pretty accurate down the field so I should see this growing uh moving forward but the Seahawks do get the win at um 3 and one And the Cardinals are 0-3 and 1 here. Of course, they had the tie with the uh, Lions to start the season. So the uh, big game on Thursday night coming up, uh, the Rams and the Seahawks um, looking to dethrone the 49ers for the first place in the NFC West <clears throat> and the Cardinals yet to win a game couple games left here. We'll go to the Broncos and the Jags. Huge game out of Leonard Fournette. 225 rushing yards, second most in Jaguars history. 26-24, the Jags get the big win. Uh, they come down March late and get the win. Garner Menchu gets it done again. d Shark, Shark, uh, great game <clears throat> from him. Uh, CJ Osanese gets it done, or OJ Osanese for um, the Jaguars get it done. Uh, touchdown for him and for the Broncos, uh, unfortunately, Bradley Chubb, uh, of course, um, you know, prolific defensive lineman tore his ACL in this game. He played through the torn ACL and finished the game, and it came out after the fact that he was that injured. Uh, but unfortunately, he is done for the season. The Broncos' defense does bounce back in a big way. They get five sacks after no sacks in the first three games, but it wasn't quite enough. Um, Joe Flacco couldn't uh, couldn't get it done. Uh, low game here for pretty much everybody. Um, not enough against the Jags and Leonard Fournette does not score a touchdown, but he did get 225 yards. I believe it's the third most rushing yards in NFL history in one game without a touchdown. So 225 yards for Leonard Fournette. Um, he had some huge games, huge gains in this as well. I'm going to talk about him in our all in checker Fold trade segment later on with Lucas, but, um, I'm excited about Leonard Fournette, but you know, pump the brakes a little bit. We'll talk about him later on so the Jags get a big win 26-24 and the Broncos still yet to win Bears and Vikings Bears get the W here 16-6 this game wasn't even that close the Vikings were unable to do anything in this game Adam Thielen had six receiving yards the fewest since 2016 they could not get him going Stephon Diggs had over 100 yards but not much I mean a lot of it came on one big play. Kirk Cousins was absolutely destroyed in this game. Dalvin Cook couldn't do anything on offense. The Vikings got absolutely embarrassed. And for the Bears, Mitch Trubisky uh, fell awkwardly on his shoulder, has a partial tear in his labrum. He can miss significant time there as well. Uh, Chase Daniel, who has come in to be a pretty you know sufficient quarterback, led the Bears to the win there. But their defense is absolutely unbelievable, especially at home and in the division when they get fired up. So the Bears, a big win here, 16 to six moving on to Sunday night football the Saints get the win 12 to 10 over the Cowboys first win without scoring a touchdown since week 8 1998 for the Saints of course the Teddy Bridgewater era continues Alvin Kamara pretty stymied in this one Mike Thomas got his catches but stymied as well Um, this is a big one just for the defense for the Saints Dak Prescott uh, not much here um Jason Witten had a big catch over the middle but he fumbled which led to uh points for the Saints and that was kind of the de- determining factor Zeke Elliott held in check uh Murray Cooper held in check as well so this was kind of a dogfight game we expected somewhat of a shootout here it probably would have been with Breeze but um 12 to 10 Saints get a big win and they are three and one so they're holding holding stake here with uh without Breeze not only the only loss was the game that breeze left uh mid-game and uh, teddy bridgewater came in somewhat you know just mid-game unprepared against the rams defense and got eaten alive otherwise saints are doing work so they look good still but both teams are three and one should be playoff teams most likely and this will come back later on as the saints have the advantage later on but 12 to 10 on sunday night football the saints get the win last but not least a uh, pretty, pretty pathetic game to end the week here. Monday night football, usually um, a blowout either way. Uh, the, the Steelers get a huge win at home. Their first win of the season, 27 to three. The Bungles still have not won a game yet. The Steelers have won 17 straight home games on Monday night football. That is very, very impressive. Um, Mike Tomlin has the second best Monday night football winning percentage of all time behind John Madden. So, the Steelers get it done. Huge game from both of the running backs. So, Mason Rudolph was just dumping the ball off all game long. He did have one nice strike to Deontay Johnson, which was great to see that. Um, nothing from, uh, not much from Juju, not much from um, uh, Washington, excuse me. Um, and Nick Vanette, who came over uh, to spell Vance McDonald, um, had a decent game and not much out of him. But the whole offense for the Steelers ran through the running backs. 16 for 16 through the air over 100 yards and a touchdown for the uh, Steelers running backs. That's James Conner and Jalen Samuels. So big dump offs there. And really, that's going to lead to my start of the week. Next week, uh, spoiler alert, is David Johnson from the Cardinals because um, he had over nine receptions with the Cardinals. And the Bungles just gave up 16 receptions to The Steelers, the Steelers defense also dominated in this game, eight sacks in this game, which was a career low, I guess, for Andy Dalton getting sacked eight times in this game. They kept feeding and feeding and feeding Joe Mixon, which was good to see on a volume standpoint, but the game was over quickly and Joe Mixon was unable to really get rolling. Um, Nice game out of Auden Tate. Uh, which is a nice waiver pickup. This week uh, with A.J. Green still out, Tyler Boyd got kind of beat up in this game. He did play through it. John Ross has kind of come down to earth now without the bombs, so Auden Tate is a nice pickup there. Big body receiver, kind of similar to um, uh, Tyler Boyd on the other side, so uh, I like him a lot moving forward, Um, but the Bengals just really cannot get it going, unfortunately. It was good to see Tyler Eifert playing. Um, Got a couple catches, but Bengals are looking bad that offensive line is terrible the offense runs a lot of plays which is cool but they're not doing shit so it'll be interesting (laughs) to see these two quote-unquote you know air raid offenses with the Bengals and the Cardinals um, moving forward and see how they do because they're both running a lot of plays and they're both throwing the shit out of the ball but it's not quite effective so not much going on there for the Bengals unfortunately and uh, they fall short uh, 27 to three to the Steelers and the Steelers again get their 17th straight home win on Monday Night Football and that'll do it for the week four recap and after the break we'll get into ballers and stallers and some waiver options. Hey, listeners, let take a break here. If you like what you're hearing, you want to find us outside the podcast, please like us and follow on Instagram at fantasyfootball__tckpod, on Twitter at tck__pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast page, and drop us an email at tckpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Of course, please leave a rate and review here on the podcast. We always appreciate your feedback. And go check out our website, tckpod.com, for rankings, articles by Lucas, and more. Before we get into the ballers and stallers, And waiver claims for week four and five, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get Go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Ballers and stallers for week four. We're going to start off in Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston, huge game here. 28 for 41, 385 and four touchdowns, almost 30 fantasy points there for Jameis against the Rams in that shootout, 55-40. So Jameis is going to have its up and down games. This was an up game, um, highest point score uh, for the quarterbacks on week four. Next up, Aaron Rodgers had a nice game, and if Devontae Adams stayed healthy, he probably uh, he could have gone over 500 yards maybe and probably would have had another touchdown or two. He did miss a couple touchdowns as well. So Aaron Rodgers, huge game, 422-2 and two on this game. Lamar Jackson, just 247 through the air, but three touchdowns and he had 66 on the ground. So he's got that nice floor. Matty Stafford, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns against the Chiefs. Big game for him. And Marcus Mariota bounces back, three touchdowns here. Another 22 on the ground. I like to see that. Jacoby Brissett, three touchdowns. Joe Flacco, three touchdowns, over three hundred yards, and Jared Goff, five hundred seventeen yards, two touchdowns, but he did have three picks. Again, he attempted sixty eight passes. He had more uh, he had more completions than Jameis Winston had attempts in the same game, but uh, Jameis comes out on top. Another couple honorable mentions at the quarterback for ballers: uh, Philip Rivers over three hundred and two, uh, Pat Mahomes over three hundred, and. um, Carson Wentz, just 160, but he did have uh, three touchdowns there. Let's go to the uh, Stallers for the quarterback position. Deshaun Watson, just 11 points, 160, no touchdowns. Definitely worried about him. Josh Allen, uh, he did get injured, so I won't harp on him too much. However, before that, he only had 153 and three picks. So he did have a rushing touchdown, but um, that – New England defense is absolutely suffocating. Dak Prescott, just 223, no touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, 233, no touchdowns. And Tom Brady, 150, no touchdowns there for him either. So those are your ballers and stallers for the quarterback position. <clears throat> And these are, you know, it's week four, so we need to start, or week five, I should say. We need to start really taking into consideration some trends here. Let's go to the running backs. Ballers, Nick Chubb absolutely on fire. The leading scorer on the week, 39 fantasy points in standard PPR. 20 carries, 165 and three touchdowns on the ground. Another 18 through the air. Christian McCaffrey uh, right behind him in total production. 27 carries. (laughs) He had 38 touches, Christian McCaffrey did, 27 carries, 93 yards and a touchdown, 10 receptions on 10 targets for 86 yards. Again, Jordan Howard makes an appearance here. As I said, 15 carries, 87 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He also had three for 28 and a touchdown through the air as well. So three total touchdowns for Jordan Howard. That's a great game out of him. And again, his snaps is going up. His touches are going up. Keep an eye on Jordan Howard. He's a great waiver pickup if available or... I don't know about by low at this point because he scored three touchdowns, but nobody cares about Jordan Howard in fantasy anymore. So there's a potential that you could scoop him up. Austin Eckler in his last game as a starter, 18 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown, another 62 and a touchdown through the air for him. Wayne Gallman filling in for uh, Saquon Barkley, 18 carries, 63 yards and a touchdown and another touchdown through the air as well and 55 yards on six catches. And then James Conner beasting out 10 carries for 42 yards, which is. Not very good, but receiving eight for eight, 83 yards and a touchdown. His counterpart, Jalen Samuels, 26, uh, 26 yards on the ground and a touchdown, eight receptions on eight targets as well, 57 yards for him through the air. Leonard Fournette, beasting, 29 carries, 225 yards and another 20 through the air. So no touchdowns for Leonard Fournette, but he gets it done with over 200 yards rushing. Todd Gurley gets two touchdowns to save your day, but five carries for 16 yards just five carries 16 yards on the ground seven catches for 54 you like to see that through the air but um not much on the ground for todd Gurley there david johnson just 40 on the ground but eight catches for 99 yards through the air and dalvin cook gets a touchdown to save his day but just 70 total yards for dalvin cook on 20 touches let's go to some honorable mentions daryl williams uh chris carson who had over 100 yards on the ground on 22 carries which is great no fumbles four catches for 41 yards but no touchdowns there Devonta Freeman decent game eight catches for 72 yards through the air that really helped him out Aaron Jones squeaks into the end zone LaShawn McCoy Zeke Elliott and Ronald Jones also get touchdowns as well let's go to the Stallers. We'll start with Alvin Kamara. Don't say that very often, but 17 carries for 69 yards, no touchdowns, and just 20 yards on three catches through the air. Derrick Henry, my start of the week, I'll put him in the Staller category because um, basically he did nothing through the pass game, which is per usual 27 carries and 100 yards. So if Derrick Henry's getting 27 carries, he should have 150 minimum and a touchdown or two. He did not get that, unfortunately. Uh, We'll go down to – Joe Mixon on Monday Night Football 15 carries 62 yards just four catches for 1 yard. He was absolutely stymied. Another couple guys you probably, you may have started especially in PPR leagues. Chris Thompson 56 yards uh through the air but nothing on the ground. Tariq Cohen one touchdown but just 7 yards through the air, 11 on the ground. Duke Johnson, David Montgomery, Royce Freeman, Mark Ingram, uh, Miles Sanders, Peyton Barber, Philip Lindsay. Sonny Michelle, all of these guys disappointed in uh, week five. So, you know, again, keep an eye on the trends here moving forward. We'll get into the wide receivers. And, you know, Jameis Winston had a huge game, which means his receivers had huge games. Chris Godwin absolutely beasted out 12 catches, 172, and two touchdowns on 14 targets, 41 fantasy points here. And,. Uh, Robert Woods has a nice bounce back, 13 grabs on 15 targets, 164. So huge, huge outputs in this game. Uh, His teammate, Cooper Cup, nine catches, 121 and a touchdown for 15 uh, on 15 targets. And then Devontae Adams, before his injury, 10 for 180 on 15 targets. He would have been over uh, 200 yards easy and could have had a touchdown or two, but Aaron Rodgers overthrew him a few times. Jarvis Landry left the game with a concussion, unfortunately. He is definitely questionable uh, for Week 5, but he had eight catches for 167 on 10 targets. Good to see him. And then A.J. Brown, a rookie, gets his breakout game here, 94 yards on three catches. Uh, One was a huge touchdown. Two touchdowns, uh, so for three for three for two touchdowns. Great waiver pickup, but pumped the brakes there on him a little bit. Cortland Sutton kind of quietly having a fantastic year. Six for 62 and two touchdowns. Kenny Galladay, two touchdowns as well. Corey Davis. Mike Evans, Michael Thomas all have big games as well. Let's go down to the uh, some honorable mentions. Mohamed Sanu, uh, over 90 yards. Deontay Johnson, as I said, 70 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Parker, 70 yards and a touchdown. Sterling Shepard um, seems to be the main target there for Daniel Jones, 7 for 76, although Golden Tate does come back this week in Week 5. Stephon Diggs, over 100 yards but no touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders, over 100 yards and a touchdown as well. We'll get into the stallers. Brandon Cooks, six for 71 in a shootout game. He did not do very much in this game. Alshon Jeffrey on Thursday night did have a touchdown, but just 38 yards. Tyrell Williams, 36 yards, and he did have a touchdown, but not much there. John Brown, just 69 yards. And Keenan Allen, <clears throat> Keenan Allen, just five for 48. Marvin Jones, three for 77. Um, Amari Cooper, five for 48. Larry Legend did uh, pass on the receptions total, but just five. For uh, 47 there and Julio Jones, um, four for 52. Obviously, better days ahead for Julio Jones. Tyler Lockett, four for 51. And uh, marcus Valdez Scantling. Three for forty-seven should have had a much bigger game. I think he will, especially if Devonte Adams is out, which unfortunately I think he may be for Week Five. We'll get into tight ends, and then we will drop some waivers on you for the tight ends. Austin Hooper having an excellent season this year, twenty-two fantasy points, nine for one thirty on eleven targets. Will Disley getting it done, another touchdown, fifty-seven yards. Jimmy Graham a touchdown and sixty-one yards. Ricky Seals Jones has a resurrection, eighty-two yards and a touchdown there. Travis Kelsey. An- another week without a score but he does have 85 uh 85 yards on seven catches you love to see that gerald everett for the rams five for 44 and a touchdown zach Ertz seven for 65 a couple honorable mentions here mark andrews cameron Brait, jack doyle foster moreau for the oakland raiders not darren waller uh eric ebron hawkinson fant goddard and uh oshaughnessy uh, all have touchdowns as well for the tight end position. We'll get into some stallers, and O.J. Howard remains in this area, three for 33, no touchdowns. I do think the time is still coming for O.J. Howard, but it has not come yet. If you're playing Jason Witten, kind of a dud game there, four for 50 and a costly fumble there, unfortunately. Jared Cook, uh, just three for 21 as well and uh, if you're still starting Trey Burton I just want to mention him because he was kind of a, a hot ad in the preseason um, not much for uh, Trey Burton they're just two for 16 and the new ad for the Pittsburgh Steelers for Vance McDonald Nick Vanette just two for 28 so those are your ballers and stallers for week four and Now let's shift gears and get into some waiver pickups for week four at the quarterback position. I know Andy Dalton looked like absolute trash on Monday Night Football. I watched the game too, sacked eight times, Uh, but he does face the Cardinals um, at home on Sunday. The Cardinals are the third best passing defense to go against. If you need a streamer, Andy Dalton could be that guy in a bounce back, and for some reason – he does not play well in the primetime games, so he might play a little bit better here on just a generic Sunday morning. So Andy Dalton versus the Cardinals, I like. Uh Phillip Rivers may be on the waivers after um, you know, Mike Williams went down, Hunter Henry went down. He hasn't had his big games. He does play Denver, uh, which doesn't look good on paper. However, again, Bradley Chubb is out now for the season. Um, and outside of Chris Harris, the secondary in Uh, Denver is quite porous, so Mike Williams should be coming back. Keenan Allen should be uh, back to norm this week, and Melvin Gordon should also be back. So uh, Phillip Rivers is kind of a nice nice, sneaky grab off of your waiver wires. Kirk Cousins, pitiful this season, but he does face the Giants, who are the sixth uh, worst passing defense there, so I like him. Uh, Garner Menchu, you can ride the wave if you like to. I'm not super sold. I mean, I'm into this style, and I dig the vibe and whatever. He's fucking Chuck Norris all of a sudden for some reason, but um, he does face the Carolina Panthers, who are not amazing, uh, but Garner Menchu has been getting it done in great pocket presence. So I'd like to see him scramble there. Sam Darnold, if he plays, he may come back um, potentially from his mono. He does get Philadelphia on the road. In the first game, I'm not stoked on Sam Darnold because he's just going to be weak, I think. Uh, he was very, very sick for about a month. He's probably lost some weight and he's just, you know, hasn't been out there full bore. So not super stoked on him. However, if you have a deeper venture, a 2QB league, he might be a nice stash for weeks coming up because a lot of people dropped him. And then um, just another name to uh, keep in mind. Um, Uh, Chase Daniel, who is not amazing, but he does get the Raiders. Raiders are the seventh easiest pass defense, and he could potentially get it done a little bit with the Bears with the full week of practice. So those are your, excuse me, those are your uh, quarterbacks. Let's go to the running backs, some waiver ads. Um, Jeff Wilson, who is kind of the touchdown scorer for the 49ers, of course, they were on bye last week, but they do get a Monday night showdown against the Browns now. Jeff Wilson is a waiver wire pickup. I'm not sure he's a start this week. The Browns are pretty stout up front, uh, but we just don't know what's going on with that with that um, offense there. Tevin Coleman could be coming back. Matt Breida, uh, Raheem Mostert. There's a lot of names there. But if you want a piece of this offense, Jeff Wilson's probably the guy on your bench that you might be able to get. Uh, a couple of names. Uh, Giovanni Bernard faces the Cardinals. Um, he's not going to start, of course. Joe Mixon will. But if anything happens there, you could potentially get Giovanni Bernard for cheap. Um, Let's see. uh, Ito Smith um, had a touchdown this week. He came back after a concussion, and Devontae Freeman got a bulk share of the work, but I like Ito Smith as a nice uh, backup there. Naheem Hines, again, outpaced um, Marlon Mack this week, and it might have just been game script, but they're playing the Chiefs, and if Naheem Hines and the Colts fall behind, it could be a passing game the entire game. So Naheem Hines could be kind of a sleeper, especially in DFS potentially uh, as well, though. So keep an eye out for him um, for the uh, running backs. There's not many other options. A lot of guys are picked up and there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, pickups or injuries this week, but those are your running backs. And then with the receivers, uh, Will Fuller gets um, the Atlanta Falcons who are absolutely dreadful in the uh, secondary there. He, you know, just skipped about a 70 yard touchdown uh, last week. So I like Will Fuller as a pickup there. Corey Davis, um, not excited about him. I know he had a good game. Um, He looked great, to be honest with you, Uh, but I'm just not sold on the Tennessee offense, and he faces the Bills. He's going to get Tredavious White, who is going to shut him down. I'm not into Corey Davis this week, but if you have a deep bench, you can stash him, and if this uh, this breakout week was something moving forward and the Titans actually get their shit together through the air— Corey Davis could be a steal off of waivers, um, but I don't like him this week against the Buffalo Bills. But you might grab him a week early if you have a deeper bench. Jamison Crowder coming back, playing the Eagles, and they are uh, the number one easiest matchup for wide receivers right now. So keep an eye on Jamison Crowder up over the middle. He had a great couple first games with Sam Darnold. I like him a lot as a a pickup there. AJ Brown for the uh, Titans, same thing. Not crazy about him against the Bills, but. You know, could be something moving forward. Absolutely. And Geronimo Allison with uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling getting the starting role, assuming Devontae Adams is out. Geronimo Allison is a great second fiddle. Playing Dallas, not a great matchup on the road, but there should be a shootout. And uh, Aaron Rodgers does look at Geronimo Allison down around the goal line. So I like Geronimo a lot. And Deontay Johnson had a great game versus the Bengals on Monday Night Football. He does get the Baltimore Ravens, which is not the best matchup, but it's not the worst this year either. Um, Could be a nice uh, pickup for uh, the Steelers. Nelson Aguilar, of course, uh, remains on waivers. He had a nice breakout two weeks ago with two touchdowns. Deshaun Jackson remains out. Nelson a- or um, Alshon Jeffrey is always susceptible to injury. So keep an eye on him and stash him as well if you have a deeper bench. They're playing the Jets this week, which are the third easiest matchup. And Taylor Gabriel coming back off a concussion. Will be playing this week. Three touchdowns two weeks ago. Coming back off a concussion, plays Oakland uh, this week. So keep an eye on him and Auden Tate, who is for the Bengals. Uh, I just mentioned him earlier. I watched uh, you know the Monday Night game that I, you know probably all of us watched, but he looks really good. Uh, he's a great young receiver, huge body, good hands. Um, you know, looking for him in the red zone, looking for him over the middle, down down the stretch. So, uh, of course, until AJ Green comes back. Auden Tate might be a nice, uh, it's kind of a sleeper steal there, and tight ends. We'll go over the tight end waivers and uh, get you out of here. OJ Howard on benches. Um, If he is in your league and on the bench, and you have any room at all, I would drop a RB five, a wide receiver five, a backup tight end that's not OJ Howard, um, a second defense, a second quarterback. If you're in a one QB league, I would drop all that for OJ Howard. Pick him up. He's still just as talented. They will get him working. I know it's frustrating. Trust me. I picked him early in a handful of leagues. He was my number one next three tight end. I almost put him at number three over Zach Ertz in preseason rankings. I believe it's coming. He's too talented. This offense is too high powered to not have him happen. And if camera break goes down, this is an automatic. If he's free on waivers, go pick up OJ Howard. Don't drop him. Don't trade him yet unless you're going to get something for him. Go get O.J. Howard, I think it is absolutely worth your time, and it will um, come to fruition eventually. Tyler Eifert had a nice game, and he gets to play the Cardinals, who is the worst by far against tight ends. Tyler Eifert, I expect a nice big game, a bounce back. He had an end zone um, target, but he missed it. On Monday Night Football, I expect him to bounce back. Of course, Tyler Eifert, one of the premier tight ends a couple of years ago in his prime before he got hurt, um, and now he is uh, now getting the Cardinals. So if there's a week at all to play Tyler Eifert, it's this week coming up. Noah Fant for the Broncos, kind of a sleeper, having nice weeks. Uh, the last couple of weeks faces the Chargers, seventh easiest matchup. Keep an eye there. And Jack Doyle gets the chiefs 10th easiest. Um, he seems to be the number one target in the tight ends and Eric Ebron can't fucking catch the ball. Unbelievable. Keep an eye on two others who are, um, suspended and coming back soon. So that's, uh, that is Ben Watson for the Patriots. Um, and that's Chris Herndon for the jets. So keep an eye on them, stash them if you can, uh, in late leagues. And then the uh, last two names I will mention are, uh, Dallas Goddard, just in case, um, if you have a way deep bench and, uh, Gerald Everett for the Rams, who's had a nice couple last weeks and he's facing the Seattle Seahawks, which isn't amazing, but that secondary, if they shut down the, uh, Receivers, then they might go over the middle to Gerald Everett, who Jared Goff is starting to like more and more moving forward. So he had a nice week, and those are your ballers and stallers for week four. And those are your waiver pickups for week five. So again, get on your waivers tonight. Make sure that you do that. Um, If you're looking at Fab or you're looking at number one waiver claims and you're unsure what to do, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email, get at me immediately before tomorrow's waivers come through and I'll talk you through it. Uh, We'll go over a trade segment tomorrow. We'll go into our uh, start sits and week five preview with Lucas on the next episode. Until then, I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. And we'll catch you next time. I'll do it for this episode be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a dm on instagram or twitter you can also find us on facebook as well and go check out our website tckpod.com for my weekly rankings waiver wire ads and lucas's start sit column if you've gained any value from this episode please give us a rate and review on the podcast and give us a like and a follow on social media as it really does mean the world to us and makes a difference for an independent podcast like us. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Scott Guasco and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe.